All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Fat Boys Dynasty Podcast. Uh, sorry, getting it a little bit, getting it out a little bit late this week. Uh, been a crazy, hectic week with uh, kids' ball games and, and practices, and uh, Finley's been out on some extra training this week. So we are doing remote. We're going to get our dynasty distractions out to you guys today. Um, don't mind me if I run a little bit out of breath today. Um, I wasn't expecting to be playing a. Uh, full court basketball game with some kids today and running up and down a court is not this fat boy specialty <laughs> running or getting dribbled up and down the court uh, same thing i mean i do look like a basketball with the orange hair and all that is correct sir that is correct so guys we're gonna we're gonna get into some dynasty distractions these are some players that we believe or it's about time to trade them away that that we don't think that the, the value is as high as it may be in Dynasty, as it will ever be back in Dynasty. Um, I know a couple of my guys are going to be like head scratchers. I'll explain why I think it's time, you know, to ship them or maybe start talking about moving them and everything else. Um, I definitely I definitely got some big names on mine. I, I know Finley's got a couple big names on his too. Um, but remember, this is Dynasty. It's It's looking into the future moving forward as we talk about this. You know, uh, Brant, I want to add to to what you just kind of said too a little bit is that it, it may not necessarily be that their value is lower than it's it's you know been or that it's going to continuously drop. It, it, it may be that it's at their their highest point, and uh, it's a time to sell now because of of where things are at and and moving forward. Just like you alluded to, with this being a dynasty draft, sometimes the best thing you can do for your team is move on a year early rather than a year late because especially when you talk about aging players and uh you know guys that that maybe they're hitting that that wall to where they're going to stop being as productive as they have been uh i'd rather sell a, a, a year early and maybe be able to recoup some whether it be um picks in the rookie draft or younger talent that's maybe less proven um just due to the simple fact that if you keep them too long it becomes a thing where okay this guy's got to retire on my team because he still has some value but it's not value anybody wants to trade for and i'm not just going to drop him so now i'm stuck holding them so it it it, it could be that their value is taking a hit and they're going to stop um, being fantasy relevant or dynasty relevant, if you will, or it also could simply be because uh, the value is at its best point right now, and it's the it's the perfect opportunity to get something for that player. So, because I, I, yeah, I just like you said, I I think <laughs> fantasy wise, all four of the guys that I've got for dynasty distraction sell offs are. are are pretty big names at their positions respectively. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's let's dive into this. Let's get into your quarterback. I am definitely dying to talk about your quarterback a little bit here. Yeah, so my quarterback, uh, and, and this is one of those odd instances where the fantasy numbers are fantastic, okay? But from a from an NFL perspective, which I understand it's it's just fantasy that we play, right? We don't we're not actual NFL GMs. We're not actually <laughs> you know trying to put put fans in the stands and win games, and and we don't have lofty you know goals for the city and, and worried about getting fired. Because if I have a horrendous year as a fantasy manager, I just pack it up, and move on to the next year. Well, you can't do that as an NFL GM. Uh, well, some of them do pack it other, up. Some of them do. Some of them get forced to pack up. Um, <laughs> My, my quarterback is, is Jalen Hurts, and I know for fantasy 
he's an absolute stud. Um, you know, a top top ten quarterback in fantasy last year. Um, and and he, you know, everybody's saying, well, he just got a AJ Brown, and and he's got Devonte Smith coming into his second year, and Dallas Goddard looks great, and I agree with all of those things, but. In a dynasty, you also have to be somewhat cognizant of the fact that Jalen Hurts is not a traditional NFL quarterback. His numbers aren't eye-popping for the NFL world because the running the running value that he brings to the table fantasy-wise makes him an unforgettable fantasy asset. But uh, I just worry that maybe if they don't put a winning season together this year, Philly may look to move on next year. Um, there's, there's some big... Um, named uh, quarterbacks supposedly coming out of the draft next year. You know, you got the obvious ones in C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, and if Philly happens to have a season that's not great, this is this is a situation for Jalen Hurts that's, in my opinion, at the very least, very similar to where Tua's situation is in Miami. If you can't do it this year, you're never going to do it. And in his career, Jalen Hurts has thrown for 22 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. And that are, those those numbers are not great. I mean, those are, I mean, it's, it's uh, less than a two for one ratio for touchdown to interception. It's, it's, it's slightly closer to like one for one and a half or one and a half for one. Um, but the numbers that, that make him fantasy relevant are the 13 career rushing, rushing touchdowns. And I understand that's huge for fantasy, but again, like I said, you gotta, you gotta look at the total picture, especially in a dynasty and a redraft league, as long as he's the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, I'd take a shot on Jalen Hurts every year. Um, but the simple fact that, you know, there's been rumblings in the past that the front office was split between Kirk Cousins and Jay, or uh, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz and, and Jalen Hurts. And, and, you know, they, they, there's been internal discussions about should they add a quarterback in the draft? Should they not? And, and I just, I want to pump the brakes because this is a guy that if I owned him and somebody else was overly, overly excited about him, I would be willing to let somebody overpay me for them or for him. I'm not going to just give him away because I'm worried he's not going to have a job in the National Football League in the future. But what I'm saying is if there's somebody that may be a little less worried about those things than I am and may be willing to pay me maybe even a little bit over market value, if you will, of what Jalen Hurts is, and I'm going to take that. 10 out of 10 times and I'm not going to think back on it just because of how deep the quarterback pool is really. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with Jalen Hurts, I'm, I'm an owner in our dynasty league of Jalen Hurts. I've been shopping him most this off season, um, listening to offers, everything else. Nothing has come across to really strike my fancy. This guy's here. This guy here, he put up what top 10, where'd you say he finished last year? Uh, his exact finishing spot in PPR was the, quarterback nine okay so, so he was top 10 last year top 10 quarterback so he's almost almost guaranteed to put up qb1 numbers week in week out um you're looking at a first second round draft pick and um in the super flex league actually you're really looking mainly at a first round draft pick in my mind in a super flex league you've and got, a super flex 100 yeah. percent and and and, and Honestly, in a one QB league, you're looking at a guy that's almost guaranteed to get you top ten numbers every week. So you're looking at a late first, early second, may early, late first to mid second. Like you don't want to sell this guy off for nothing cheap. You want to make sure you're getting return of value with him. This guy, this guy, he's gonna put up numbers as long as he's the Philly QB. But like you said, it's 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 a headache. This team rushed 49.8 percent of the time last year, and and they were number one in running plays. 
So what does that mean? They're going to lean on that rush game. They're doing the same thing as Tennessee. This team was 1% ran 1% more times than Tennessee did that last year. So AJ Brown's falling into another system that's run first, run first, run first. We're going to pound the ball. We're not going to throw it. He's not going to be the guy to air it out. AJ Brown's now going into um every, everyone's excited about AJ Brown. Well, guess what? They have guys to spread the ball out, but you're looking at a mainly a possession wide receiver game there in Philly. They're just going to, if they're going to throw it, it's going to be four or five yards to get the first down. They're not going to air this ball out. You're not going to see that very often in Philly. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I tend to agree, but I I almost say in a super flex, I 100% agree with you that his value is that of a first round pick. In a standard dynasty PPR league that's not, you know, a super flex or tight end premium, I, his value is very similar in my mind to a guy like Hunter Renfro. Okay, and that's not a shot at either player because I think Hunter Renfro's value actually goes up a little bit with Devontae Adams coming to town because instead of having to be the guy, he can just be a guy and should get better coverage and things like that. But I think that's about where I would liken uh, Jalen Hurts' value. And so if if I'm a, in a non-superflex league where I have two top ten quarterbacks, like you're, yourself, Brant, you have Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts in a, in, a, in a dynasty league that is non, non-superflex, uh, you're not weak at wide receiver, but if, if I owned that roster and had those two quarterbacks as my quarterbacks and the Hunter Renfro owner or somebody in that ballpark um, needed a quarterback and I needed a wide receiver, I think that's a trade that matches up pretty well. Now, I might ask for a little more on their end because Jalen Hurts is top 10 at his position mm-hmm. and Hunter Renfro is not top 10 at his position, but there is less of a drop-off between quarterback number one in fantasy and quarterback number 20 in fantasy than there is at wide receiver one and wide receiver 20. Just because that's the way it typically always seems to work out. Those quarterbacks always seem to stay somewhat relevant to each other. Um, you know, and wide receivers, it's it's usually that top three is usually pretty separated from the rest of them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So my quarterback I'm going to talk about is going to be kind of a shock to a lot of people. Um, he finished as a number 18 quarterback last year in PPR leagues. Um, he threw 521 times. It's Mac Jones of the of the New England Patriots. So my thing is, I, I, I get it. He's 23 years old. He's going into a new system. He got Devontae Parker. Everybody's a little excited to see what he can do. The Patriots were bottom 10 in pace of play. So they they really weren't in any hurry to put the ball put the ball out there or anything else. They wanted to pound the ball, and they proved that they're going to want to even run more when they added Pierre Strong in the draft and that and Harris in the draft also. That goes along with Ramadre Stevenson, uh, Damian Harris, uh, White still there. So I mean they're they're putting it out there. We're not. They don't really want to air this ball out. They want to control the game. They were number. They were number seven in rushing, rushing, rushing plays per game. They're, they're, they do not want Mac Jones to air this ball out. They want Mac Jones to be a game management, control the clock, ground and pound, let our defense do what they do. You move it forward, and everything else. He threw for 521 times last year, had 352 completions. I think you're going to see that attempt slowly come down. I think next year you're going to see that go below 500. And his completion percentage may come up a little bit, but I don't think you're ever going to see Mac Jones tip over four, 
4,000 passing yards. I don't think you're going to see him hit more than maybe 25 touchdowns. Well, last year he had 3,801 passing yards, 22 touchdowns, zero rushing touchdowns. He's not a guy that's going to give you top 12 val- or top 12 fantasy value. Now, if you can find somebody that's excited about getting a young quarterback or somebody may have Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers on their team and they need a rookie or a younger guy to, to stash, you, you're more than welcome in a super flex. I absolutely think he's a great value to be your QB2 on your team. Um, but he, he's never going to be that QB1 that you want. And this guy's probably going to get you a second – second round draft pick in a super flex league and you're probably looking at a low tier wide receiver three at best in a normal PPR league coming getting Mac Jones um, but he's, he's a guy that I just don't want to hold on my roster because I really don't ever see him starting unless you're sitting there playing the streaming game like you had to uh, not uh, not last year but the year before where you had a stream quarterback stream quarterback stream quarterbacks unless you're playing that game and you get a good matchup other than that, this guy's nothing but nothing better than a streamer to me. Yeah, you know, I I think uh, with Mac Jones, it's fair to say that I want to see what another year looks like before I'm really re- sold on selling him. But that's a dangerous game to play because if you wait a year and he doesn't improve or or even goes backwards, you're you're talking no value. Um, and a, and a, especially when you got those exciting rookies coming in next year. I know this year's rookie class at the quarterback position was a little bit down with Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett and and Desmond Ritter. But next year when you add in C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, you're going to get people excited about quarterbacks. Um, So it's it's a gamble if you hold him. But they did trade for Devontae Parker this offseason, which, you know, Devontae Parker is not a top 10 wide receiver. He's not a top 20 wide receiver. Probably not even a top 30 wide receiver, but he does have a lot of value or potential. I'm sorry, not value. He's got a lot of potential, and he's not. The problem has been he typically doesn't stay healthy. So it, it'll be interesting to see what that looks like in, in New England this year, That just getting Mac Jones an additional weapon. Um, and then, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen maybe um, some more help being brought in through the draft. I understand the Patriots didn't have a lot of whole lot of picks, and they, and they were kind of weird and all over the place <laughs> where their picks went. Weird's an um, understatement with some of those. Slightly strange, you might say. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I just think that if I'm the Mac Jones owner, especially in a dynasty, if I if I wasted a pick on him in a rookie draft, um, which is not to say he wasted because he did look pretty good at times last year. But if I used a, a rookie pick on him, I'm probably going to at least wait and like, unless something like you said happens where somebody's willing to overpay for him um, or give me uh, the same, if not better value than what I took him with, I should say. Uh, but I, I, I would probably tend to want to hold him just to see what I have for one more season or half of a season, a, a couple games at the very least. Just and honestly, the, the main reason is because of Bill Belichick. That uh, I'll be point blank, point blank honest. I don't think uh, Bill Belichick's going to have a quarterback out there that's not um, going to have some fantasy relevancy. But we'll see. A lot of that depends on the wide receivers and what they do when they get the ball in their hands too. I mean, there's no Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, or Randy Moss on this team, so we'll see. Yeah, and and adding and adding Parker, I mean, they added probably one of the best possession wide receiver guys in 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 football. I'm not gonna say he is the best. He definitely is. He can move the chains for you. But I mean, 
he's not much of a field stretcher anymore. He, I don't really see him taking off and, you know, burning burning you getting those 40-yard touchdowns or, you know, 10, right. 10 yeah, 15 yeah, catches a game. game. Yeah. Definitely not. So, uh, we're, we're going to jump into the running backs. Um, I know this one's going to strike a few people. Um, yes, I'm, I'm fired up already, and you haven't even said the name on air. So, this man, once again, in Dynasty, you look to start shopping your running backs anywhere between 27 and 30 years old. That's where that, that prime time to shop these guys are. So, I'm going to talk about Austin Eckler. He's 27 years old. They just added a second-round draft pick in Isaiah Spiller. Last year was the first time he had ever topped over 150 carries. He had 206 carries last year, but it was the first time he's ever had more than 150 carries in his entire career. Now, they're talking, they added Isaiah Spiller, who's, I went over this a while ago, is a big back. He's going to be a great goal line back. They've added a back every single year to try to keep down some of these numbers. Now, I know last year they didn't have anybody that could really get anything done. Eckler carried that load all year last year. There was nothing else. He played 16 games, so there really wasn't anybody else on that field besides him. Right now, he finished second in, in running backs in PPR. He finished ninth overall in PPR between you know all the positions. Now, his value will probably never get higher. This guy right now, if you ship him, which I 27 is where I start to look to shop running backs. If you move him this offseason, now I'm not saying if you are out there and you are competing for a title, you're not moving Eckler. You're not. You're moving Eckler if you're in a rebuild or maybe you just won a title and you're ready to start your rebuild or maybe the rest of your team is, you know, getting older and and you're ready to start that rebuild process. You're moving Eckler because right now you're looking at Eckler. You're looking at two first-round picks possibly for him. You're looking at another young RB1 and a first-round pick if you get the, the right um, the right team to trade for him. If you get somebody that's competing, but they're one running back short, great. Give me, you know, your, your, give me J.K. Dobbins in a first, and I'll ship you Eckler. You're getting it. You're, you know, you're getting a young running back, and you're getting a first-round draft pick. It, but moving Eckler, and, and the reason I say this is the 2023 and the 2024 draft classes are supposed to be stacked now obviously the seasons change uh, uh, other players come out people get hurt you get a, you know you look at film but it, there's everybody out there the 2023 2024 draft is supposed to be stacked for running backs and wide receivers now is the time to start looking to build those draft picks up and get ready to rebuild your team if you're if you're there you want to do this now while his value, he's finished number two running back overall last year. What The odds of him finishing there are, are, are not, not, not trending in the right way with the addition of Isaiah Spiller. And they kept Mike Williams around. And not to mention they also added so much to their defense, so they may not have to be trying to pass the ball to him. They may want to keep him off the field a little bit to keep him healthy when the games are in shootouts. This, this guy, I, I just I don't see where his value can go any higher than it is now. My turn? Yeah. All right. The one thing I will say about the addition of Isaiah Spiller is it doesn't scare me, not even the slightest, and here's why. Austin Eckler's second-best campaign, fantasy-wise, was in 2019, where he finished in PPR formats as the running back four. Would you like to take a guess at who was still in Los Angeles that whole that year and played 12 season? Melvin Gordon was. 
Melvin Gordon and when was Melvin Gordon was still a huge fantasy asset himself at that point. Uh, and Eckler came out and blew the doors wide open, really got his name on the scene. That was, that was the year. I mean, you're, you're talking, uh, the year prior with Melvin Gordon, he was still the running back 25, which is not anywhere near where I think Eckler's value is. But in 2019, he only had 132 attempts. If you're giving me Austin Eckler with around 150 attempts, and let's say his targets go down a little bit, bit, which I don't think they will, I think Spiller will take a few, and I think you know as Herbert continues to elevate his game, there'll be more to the outside game, and he won't need to rely on Eckler. So let's just say Eckler gets, you know, 80 targets, which would be you know 14 less than he got this year, and then it'd be 28 less than he got in 2019. That's still you know, you're you're still talking about a, a guy who's going to probably catch um, 65 balls out of the backfield. That's still probably top five PPR backs as far as pass catching work. I, so I'm not. I, I 100% agree with you, Brant. Which I wasn't sure I was going to b- buy into this sell at all, but I 100% believe that you're right about the if you're looking to get ahead of the decline. Because I don't think the decline comes this year. It may not even come next year, but it's it, it is coming. Eckler is is you know he's 27 years old. He's been in the league for five years, getting ready to go on his sixth season. But his usage has been so minimal in the past that he may be able to hang on for a year longer than you you see somebody like oh I don't know like an Ezekiel Elliott or you know a Dalvin Cook who have just been road hard um, and put away wet, if you will. I think. Eckler is the type of guy who, again, his game suits longevity. Look at, you know, James White and, um, you know, guys of that nature who, again, I'm not saying that I want <laughs> I want to hold Eckler to where he becomes the same value as James White because that's, you know, not the case. But I think if you're in a rebuild, sure, if, if you're in a rebuild and you think, you know, I'm not going to compete this year, um, which I think at the start of the season is everybody's goal to see what I've got. I mean, you, let's let's talk about Debo Samuel just for a split second. Debo Samuel broke onto the scene out of absolutely nowhere last year. So if you've got Austin Eckler and you're looking for that other guy to absolutely break out and become something, you you may want to hold Eckler for you know a little while and see. Like if you know you're you get six weeks into the season and you know you're not making playoffs, sure I I completely advocate shopping him at that point. But it, you got to give your team a chance to catch on and, and, and come through a little bit. And uh, I, I just don't, I don't advocate selling Eckler. I don't advocate for selling Eckler early if you, because just because of being scared of uh, CJ Spiller, I guess. Let me, or uh, uh, Isaiah Spiller, I'm sorry. I, I don't advocate it because of that, because Eckler was a top five back with Melvin Gordon in town as well. And, Spiller is a rookie. It's going to take him time to win the playbook. It's going to take him time to earn the coaching staff's trust. And Eckler's already done all of those things. So I don't see Eckler, you know, getting thrown to the curb this year or even next year. It would take, you know, that that injury, which he is injury prone. So I will, you know, I'll say that as well. It could be an injury that maybe brushes him back and Spiller takes off in the role. And then maybe we see things looking different. But I'd have to see that happen before I'm ready to hit the panic button and sell Eckler. So, in 2019, you brought that season up. 108 targets, 92 catches. Who was the quarterback then? It was uh, Phillip Rivers. It was not Justin Herbert. It was Limp Noodle Rodgers who couldn't throw the – or 
Rivers, who couldn't really toss that ball more than five yards. So yes, his his his. I believe that in 2019, his receptions are definitely inflated. Um, last year, it took 20 touchdowns to get him there at, at, at in number two in the PPR. 20 total touchdowns, and once again, there's nothing behind him. But I mean, his other his other year with like you said with Melvin Gordon in uh, 2018, he finished 25th. Um, he only had six touchdowns. He only had 53 targets. Um, and then 2020, where we, we saw – I don't even think we saw um, Tyrod play a full game, did we? He played, what, what week one? Week one, yeah. Yeah. He got – he had 65 targets. Now, mind you, like you said, he did miss plenty of time in 2020. I kind of wiped that season out. I know you can't really just wipe it out. But when you don't play – I guess he played just a little over half half the season but I I just don't I don't see where you're going to get if you hold him any longer than this offseason and he starts out anywhere slower than RB2 you're not going to get the return that you want for him it's, he's just one of those guys that in my mind you're just he he finished 26th and 25th I get it the 2019 season he finished 4th which is amazing he did great with Melvin Gordon and like you said Melvin Gordon played 12 games um, had 55 targets. So, I mean, that was 150-plus targets targeting the running back that year. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do agree with that. I mean, the, the changing a quarterback makes a difference. But, I mean, he did have 94 targets last year with Justin Herbert, and Justin Herbert had a great year last year too. So, uh, I don't I don't want to take it away and say that, you know, it, it, yes, it was a little inflated in – 2019 due to Philip Rivers, but he got targeted just fine with Justin Herbert last year as well. So, I just like the, right. the longer you hold Eckler, the lower his value is going to get in my mind. Okay, I, I you know I, I can definitely say this is one that you and I are going to agree to disagree on. I think that his value does start to decline for sure, but I don't think it starts this season. We'll see. We'll see. That's you. That's when you and I may have to have a. Uh, uh, a big boy bet on here at some point uh, off the air. Maybe. Well, we do like to be big boys. <laughs> uh, I don't necessarily like it, but I love it. <laughs> All right, let me talk about let me talk about my running back, and uh, this is another guy who, in my opinion, is um, in that ripe age of, of selling off. He's been rode a little harder than Austin Eckler, I will I will say, uh, and he has somebody more. Uh, more validated behind him in the pecking order. Um, the offense lost probably their best wide receiver last year, uh, and so maybe they'll put more emphasis on the run game this year. Maybe they won't. Uh, but I'm talking about Zeke Elliott, and Zeke Elliott to me is a guy who, you know, I've been down on in the past couple of years, and he keeps coming out and he keeps proving me wrong. He's he's only finished in PPR leagues outside of the top ten once, and that was a year where he missed six games. I believe that was his suspension year. Correct. Yes. Um, in 2017, but he's he's so he's a guy that um, you know his 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 finishing numbers always seem to be where they are. But watching him every week, I'm not an owner of him. Um, so maybe that's why I feel the way I do. I don't own any stake in any in him in either of my dynasty leagues. But I look at him and it's like, man, I watch the games. It's like it'd be so frustrating to own Zeke. It'd be so tough to own Zeke. I'd want to get out of it, you know. Um, and you know, Dallas can walk away from Zeke's contract after this year, with my understanding, with no dead money. 
And you've got a guy in Tony Pollard that is no spring chicken himself. He's been in the league for a while. Uh, and he, But he's looked, he's looked good anytime he's had to come in and give Zeke breaks or anytime Zeke's missed time or, or whatever. He's looked good. He looks fluent in the offense. Uh, you know, you've got a, a top 10 fantasy quarterback in, in Dak Prescott because he airs the ball out. He's got CeeDee Lamb and um, Michael Gallup when he comes back, Dalton Schultz. And uh, they just drafted Jordan Talbert out of South Alabama, I believe, is where he went. And so you, you've got a prolific passing game there, and Zeke always finds a way to finish. And I, I just think Zeke is another one that, um, again, I, I'm down on him, so maybe Walker or have a different opinion. Uh, I'd love to hear it. But I just think that if I own Zeke this the time, like the prime time, like right now, I would be trying to sell him. And I would try to sell him even harder if I didn't have Pollard as a handcuff on my roster. If I had Pollard, I might be a little more hesitant, and it would take the right offer. But if I didn't have Tony Pollard, I'm, I'm best offer I get. I'm putting him up on the trade block. I'm messaging everybody in my league saying, "Hey, Zeke's available. What are you going to give me?" And the best offer probably takes the cake. I don't, I don't know what I would be looking for necessarily. Whether. I'd want to go younger at running back. I'd want to pick a future pick. I have no idea where I'd be looking at and value, but it would be the best offer I was able to get because uh, Zeke is a guy in my mind that I, I'm clicking the panic button. I'm ready to get out just because I feel like I've been got him off of him for the last two years, uh, and uh, he keeps proving me wrong. So I'd love to hear your opinion on this one, Brant. I, I don't see him finishing. I, I know he's done it every single year except for a suspension year, but I don't see where the top ten comes in. Like you said, coming down the end of the stretch of the season, Tony Pollard looked phenomenal. This is a team, and, and the NFL is going to, and this is what the this is this is what stinks for fantasy. The NFL is going to running back by committee. Every team is doing it. Everybody's doing it. You don't see your down power backs. I know Zeke was a power back his first couple years in the league. He finished second, and then he finished thirteenth. But he finished thirteenth, and he missed six games. He finished fifth. He missed one game two one game and then he finished third and playing a full season and then you got ninth and seventh they, they're they're showing that they want this as a committee so I, I absolutely you're you're shipping Zeke you're not wanting to hold on to him Dallas was I mean they were second in oh wait where is it at oh, wrong one they were fifth in pass attempts per game they want to open up that playbook they want to get Dak the ball. They want Dak to throw it. Well, who's the better pass catching back in my mind? It's Pollard. He miss makes people miss better in open fields. I, I don't. I, I the la, the last two weeks I watched Dallas play. Tony Pollard honestly looked like the better blocking back out of the two. Zeke just looked kind of lazy in his blocks and everything else. Like, well, I know I have this secure. There's no reason for me to try. Well, I, I'm sorry. I just don't see it. If you show that, I don't. I think McCarthy's going to give Tony more and more and more opportunity and, and, and it's slowly going to chip into Zeke and chip into Zeke and if it chips so much Zeke may never be able to be traded for more than a second round draft pick in a, in a dynasty league right now is your opportunity to get out from underneath him it, like you said this guy's been road hard and put up wet you're talking 237 carries 244 300 300 240 300 that is outrageously amount. The only other pre- person that sees that many carries is Derrick Henry. I just I don't see how he can handle that. I, I absolutely agree with you on this one. This is just one guy that uh, you saw me. I got out from underneath him last year, and boy, it bit me square in the butt with what I traded for it. But 
I mean, I got the, the guy that was supposed to be one of the, you know, best wide receivers in the NFL. We don't need to talk about that. I have yet to get to play him in my league. But still, this, Elliott's been a guy over the last two years I've been harping about getting getting out from underneath him. I just, I don't, I, I, he's just one guy I don't want to own. He's He'll have one game where he hangs like 37. Let me go back to it real fast. He'll have some games where he'll hang like, you know, 29, 20, 30 points. But then he also has games down here with 13, 8, 11, 5, 13. Why, why put yourself through that? you got to get something that's a little more consistent for you, especially with the way the NFL is going to a committee. Now, like you said, if you have Zeke and Pollard, I don't know if I'm packaging them to go away. I absolutely love what Pollard's bringing to the table. Zeke's getting up there yeah. in age. The only issue with Pollard, too, is though, is that it'd be different if Pollard was going into like his third year. But I, I think... Yeah, Pollard's twenty five and Dolphins going to his fourth year. Okay. So I mean, you're you're talking that does you're, does yeah. Dallas? I mean, you're. I can't imagine Pollard was super high draft pick, so I imagine he's going into a contract year himself. I'd have to look into that, uh, and I apologize for not having that prepared. But I, I have to imagine that maybe Dallas goes the the route the rest of the NFL world is kind of going, and they're take another running back and not pay a second contract. Um, and if you see that, then I, I, then you probably held both of them too long, obviously. Yeah. So maybe again, if the offer's right, I, I'm willing to do it. You know, if, if I'm if I'm the Zeke and the and the Tony Pollard owner, and you know, similar to what we were talking about with Eckler, if somebody wanted to give me a late round pick, and you know, maybe an unproven talent like maybe a Travis Etienne, or somebody who overperformed like Elijah Mitchell, maybe I'm that that's enough for me to sell them and say, you know, somebody else take this headache. Let me, let me, you know, work on building up the position through the draft and with another young guy that, that may be enough to entice me. But, um, I, I, if I'm owning, if I own both, it makes me a little more, um, likely to hold on, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not, not everybody, you know, is big on getting their handcuffs or holding cuffs and in leagues that the bench is not real deep. Maybe you, you had to drop him pollard on a bye week or something and somebody else snaked him up i i don't know i i just think if i didn't own both i'm selling for sure if i own both it would have to be the right offer but i'd probably still sell absolutely i'm i 100 agree well, with you brant let me move on to the wide receiver position here and this is another one that i think we're going to get some back and forth on here because i know you're a little higher on this guy than i am at this point um i'm, I'm talking about amari cooper um you know, Amari Cooper's 27 years of age, so he's still got a couple years in that dynasty window where for a wide receiver, typically for a wide receiver, the age 30 season's about where you're looking to start offloading them uh, unless they're like a real top-end talent, then maybe you want to hold them for a little bit longer. Um, but, you know, Cooper is a guy that, uh, to me, his value took a hit when he got traded because he's leaving an offense that was extremely explosive in Dallas, very pass-heavy, very – you know, Dak Prescott would, would put the ball up there and let guys go make plays. And now he's going to a quarterback in Deshaun Watson, who I understand is, is phenomenal. But the problem is we haven't seen Deshaun Watson play. And probably after he gets his suspension that he gets this year or whatever, maybe he doesn't get a suspension, I don't know. But he hasn't played in a full season already at this point. And if, if we talk about him potentially getting suspended for six games, now you're talking about putting your faith in Amari Cooper with a quarterback who hasn't played in a year and a half. And again, I know it's Deshaun Watson, but I don't necessarily want to have my, you know, potentially wide receiver one tied to 
uh, Deshaun Watson situation. And, uh, you know, in the past, Cleveland with head coach Kevin Stefanski has been a very, very run heavy team. You know, they play in, uh, in Cleveland and, and Pittsburgh and Baltimore, um, it's cold. you know, and it's cold. It's, it's usually rainy or snowy or, or windy. Um, and it, it kind of benefits those teams to, to use the run game. I mean, if you look at those teams in that division, you know, uh, Cleveland with, with Nick Chubb has a very sound run game. Um, Baltimore with Lamar Jackson has a very sound run game. We'll see if J.K. Dobbins can, can help out with that. Well, I mean, when you year. start two running backs, you kind of have a great solid run game. Uh, absolutely. And then, you know, you go to uh, uh, Pittsburgh, Najee Harris should – become even better this year but another team that's you know run dominant offense really Cincinnati's kind of the only exception to it with with Joe Burrow and, and what he's been able to do and, and that very well be, may be what happens with Deshaun Watson uh, I, I just don't know how I feel about tying myself to Amari Cooper with Deshaun Watson and last year in the in the potent Dallas Cowboys offense Amari Cooper was, was wide receiver 27 so it's not like it was fantastic last year and I do think that if Deshaun Watson plays a majority of this season, obviously the run first 100% of the time is not going to be the offense in Cleveland anymore. You're going to have to pass the ball. You don't give somebody $200-plus million guaranteed and not use them. So I, I do understand that it's a little ridiculous to say that it's a run-first offense, but that's what it's been in the past. And, you know, there's all these whirlwind rumors spreading about Baker Mayfield. Obviously, I don't think Baker Mayfield starts the season as a Cleveland Brown. We'll see. But if if uh, Baker Mayfield leaves and Watson gets suspended for six, eight games, something like that, who who, who do you trust that that's left there to throw the ball to Amari Cooper and, and substantiate wide receiver one numbers? Jacoby Brissett, um, baby. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so for me, this is not one that I'm saying like necessarily that I I want to be done with for sure forever because. You know, if Watson does get suspended for six or eight games and or whatever, and he's he, he comes back after that, <coughs> you still have Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson together for a few years after. So I, I understand that there's value, but I, I may let that go. Somebody else headache. I let go send Amari Cooper. Let somebody else worry about Deshaun Watson's suspension or who's throwing the ball when Deshaun Watson's suspended, and, and let somebody else worry about is are they still going to feed Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt or are they going to let Deshaun Watson air the ball out? I'll let somebody else do that because even though he finishes the wide receiver 27, he's still being drafted ahead of that. He's being drafted as a lot like the wide receiver 22, 23 in that range now. Um, and if somebody's willing to pay me as, as him being a wide receiver 20 instead of the wide receiver 27, I, I'm probably walking away and saying, cool, I appreciate your business. Thanks for, you know, thanks for playing. I'll take a first round pick for Amari Cooper and let him be somebody else's headache. I'll take, you know, if somebody came at me and said, hey, I've got Travis Etienne, I'm willing to let him go, but I need a wide receiver. We give me Cooper. I, I'm sending Cooper in that deal, and I'm not hesitating. Uh, and again, it, it, it's more a personal affliction thing that I don't want my potential wide receiver one being tied to a quarterback who may not play a full season. And yes, it is dynasty, so that does change. But you know, my goal every year when I enter a league is I want to win as many games as I can. I want to finish, you know, as high in, in the in the final standings as I can. Um, whether that be holding a fantasy league trophy at the end of the season or, you know, whatever. I don't, I don't want to finish last. 
And if my wide receiver one's got Deshaun Watson who's suspended and now it's Jacoby Brissett, I'm probably not liking my chances. So I, I may let that be somebody else's problem. I don't know. What's your take on that, Brant? Well, my take is he's going into an offense that was 28th in pass plays. Yes, he's not going to be a wide receiver one no more. Um, like you said, he's going into a run-first offense. They were 7th, I think, 6th six, six in rushing plays per, per game last year. He's not a wide receiver one no more. If he's your wide receiver one, I absolutely 100% agree. It's time for you to get out from underneath him, try to get the most back you can come out of him. I have Amari Cooper, and he's sitting in my wide receiver two flex area. Like, I have the benefit of having decent young wideouts. If you have that benefit, I think you hold Amari Cooper and you see what this first year in Cleveland is all about. Even if he misses some time with with, uh, Watson getting suspended. But um, Amari Cooper is a guy, like you said, if he's your wide receiver one, you got to get out from underneath him and let that be somebody else's headache because you're never going to be happy with the the consistency he puts up. Like I said, 28th in pass plays per game. That's not going to cut it for your wide receiver one. You want to find your wide receiver ones in a Tampa Bay, Kansas City, and the Chargers offense. That's where you want to find your wide receiver ones. Pittsburgh, Dallas, those are the top five right there. You're not going to find somebody down here in the bottom of the totem pole. So, yes, if, if that's your headache and he's your wide receiver one, by all means, get rid of him. I absolutely love that you keep bringing up ETN since I brought up ETN last week. And, I mean, I did trade for ETN in this offseason, too, and I'm extremely freaking excited for him. Um, I know you. I know you were high on ETN last year too, but that's we talked about that last week. Sorry. Um, let's get back. But yeah, Cooper. Cooper's a guy that's going to give you a headache this year. He's going to be. He's going to be your up. He's going to be your down. But if you have the luxury of having him low enough as your wide receiver two flex area, hold on to him. See what's happening with him. He's one of those guys that I would love to see what happens in this offense. Because like you said, nine times out of ten, they stack that box there. Mari Cooper's got a good shot of being wide open quite a bit. Excuse me. <coughs> um, but, yeah, if, if, if he's your headache as your wide receiver one, you've got to get out from underneath him and start your start that process of, of finding you a wide receiver one. Go out, find yourself a Travis Etienne. Go out, find yourself two, two second-round draft picks. Go out, if you get a first-round draft pick, phenomenal. Move those draft picks into trying to find yourself that wide receiver one that's a little more consistent. Because you see that a lot nowadays with um, teams spreading the ball out a lot more. I mean, yeah, you still had your far and above wide receiver ones this year in your Cooper Cups, and um, there's a few other names out there. We'll talk about one here shortly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, if he's your wide receiver one, you you can't sit there and hold him. Like I said, I have the luxuries of, of, of a Tyreek Hill and a Devontae Smith and a Rashard Bateman and uh, Michael Thomas I still have sitting there. So I have the luxury of being able to fluctuate my wide receivers a little more. If you don't have that, you need to move Cooper and start trying to take that assets you get from him and move and try to find yourself someone that's not going to be a, that big of a headache for you. Because like you like you yeah, said, he, he's going to be your up and down all year. And he's going to be my up and down all year, but I'm going to live with it. But I, I absolutely agree with you 100%. If, if you cannot, with your wide receiver one and your running back ones, you cannot afford to have that type of headache. You want the opportunity to have consistency in that area. Even if that, even if that consistency, consistency is 15 to 20 points per week. Because by the end of the year, guess what? Nine times out of ten, those guys are going to end up being top ten, top twelve wide receivers or running backs if they're consistently putting up those points. 
because most of the time you see those running backs that consistently do 15 to 20 points, they have their breakout games too, but you never see them too many times below that 15-point barrier. I mean, you saw Zeke finish as a top-10 wide or running back with um, games of eight points and stuff like that that we just talked about. So as long as you, you, you've got to find that consistency there. So Absolutely. I'm going to jump into my wide receiver uh, to trade away, and I feel like if I was there with you, I feel like I might get a little backhand to the face on this. I'm not sure where you stand on this. I know I told you his name. I'm kind of excited to see where you stand. This guy just moved to a whole new team. I'm going to say he took a pretty drastic downgrade in quarterback. Uh-huh. Devontae Adams going to the Raiders. I get it. Buddy, buddy, his buddy's Derek Carr. This man has been, has seen, let's see, 169 and 149 targets over the last two years with Aaron Rodgers. He finished as the wide receiver one last year, and that was, you know, missing, you know, uh, two games he missed last year. But he also had 18 touchdowns. Well, we saw that 18 touchdowns come back down to 11, but he had 169 targets, so he had 20 more targets in playing the full season last year. Well, he missed one game because there's 17 games now. So this guy's going into a system in, in um, Las Vegas where he's no longer the only one there. Like the last two years, he's been pretty much the only wide receiver in Green Bay. And the last time that he really wasn't the wide receiver in Green Bay was 2019. Mind you, he did play 12 games. He did finish as wide receiver 23. Um, he did have a great year in 2018. I must have overlooked that one completely when I put down my stats because I don't have any for 2018 down. He did have a very good year in 2018, but once again, those are with Rodgers. He's moving to Derek Carr. Now around him, you're looking at Hunter Renfro, one of, one of Carr's favorite targets on third down. Probably still going to be one of his favorite targets on third down because he does have that chemistry on third downs with him. You're talking about big body Darren Waller there. You're talking about Josh Jacobs and the new Zamir White there. You've got four more pass catchers going from Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones were the only two in Green Bay the last two years. Adams still got Kenyon Drake as well. Kenyon Drake is still there. I did, yeah. So I'm not saying I'm not saying this guy this I'm not saying this guy's not going to finish as a top ten wide out. What did you just say about when do you want to start shopping your wide receivers? Age 29, age 30? This, yeah. ma- this man turns 30 years He turns thirty years old this year, this season. I'm, t- I'm telling you, in my mind, this man will never see top two wide receiver numbers again in, in, in Oakland. He's going from Aaron Rodgers, who is one of the most consistent, most accurate QBs in the NFL. Oh, he just got cut off. Give me just a moment. I'll have to call him back. Um, but, yeah, he's going from um, a guy that was very consistent and everything else in, in, in Green Bay to uh, Derek Carr. And um, I, just, I just don't see how the, um, how the consistency can go on with uh, – how the consistency can go on in, 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 the, in Vegas. He's going to a team that was uh, – that's the rush play. Sorry, guys. Um, I'm getting him back here. He's going to a team. They were six in pass plays last year, but I just don't see how how they how they can spread the ball out to anybody, to everybody, and put up top five wide receiver numbers with Devontae Adams. I don't see 18 touchdowns in his future. I don't see 11, maybe 12 touchdowns maybe you could see, but I think that might be his ceiling in touchdowns, and you're not seeing over 150 targets for this guy coming in, in – in, uh, in Vegas. Uh, Finley, I know I lost you a little bit and I got it back a hold of you. I think you're back. 
I, I'm here. Yeah. All right. I, I, you know, I, my my take on Devontae Adams is is I think I'm I'm pretty on board with you with where you're at, but I think the addition of Devontae Adams hurts everybody on the Vegas team more than it will hurt him. Um, with that being said, I don't think his value is anywhere near what it would be if he was still in Green Bay. And if somebody is willing to pay me or give me or pay for Devontae Adams, what he would have been worth in Green Bay if he'd have stayed, uh, I'm going to take that all day. And it's it's tough when you talk about that, right? Because what is a 29-year-old wide receiver that moved from Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers to Vegas with Derek Carr worth? And it's really hard to put a price tag on that, but you're still talking like for me to sell Devonte Adams, I, I would want, I need, I would need somebody to overpay me, I think, and it would take something like, uh, you know, like uh, like a uh, Nick Chubb and you know Nick Chubb and maybe um, uh, I don't even know. It, it would take it. It take me two. It take two players, and they'd have to both be pretty good players. Neither one of them would have to be top of their position, but they'd have to they'd have to be premier players. Like I'm, I'm talking. If I, if I move Devonte Adams, I'm getting two players back that are instantly going to start in my lineup, and one of those has to be a wide receiver, uh, and the other one obviously has to be, you know, probably a running back just because of the value. So I mean, if I'm sitting there with Devonte Adams and somebody were to offer me something, you know, like. Uh, Let's even take it down, take it down a notch, so it's not somebody as, as prime as uh, uh, Chubb is. But if somebody was willing to give me like Ceh and CD Lamb, uh, I would do that in a heartbeat. If somebody was willing to give me, you know, let's say your rookie draft's already done, and somebody's like, "Hey, I've got Drake London, and I'm willing to pair Drake London with." Um, James Conner, I, I probably strongly consider that just because I'm getting two guys that I can play this year, and in, in, in both of those scenarios, I'm getting wide receivers that could potentially become that Devontae Adams-esque player, um, which I think is lofty to say for either CeeDee Lamb and or, and or Drake London, because uh, there's not too many players that turn into Devontae Adams. But in order for me to sell Devontae Adams, somebody's going to have to, in my mind, overpay um, and that's simply just because of what the production has been. And yes, I'm mean, at that age mark where, uh, you know, we're, we're sitting here saying that this is where we'd advocate for you to start moving these guys. But I did say earlier that, you know, age 30, if you have that top end wide out, I might hold them for a couple more years past that. And this may very well may be that guy because again, not to say that this is what's going to happen, but at age 30, Randy Moss went and played in New England and had his best career was in a, or best year of his career. Also um, took a huge, an amazing upgrade in QB when he went there though. He did. You're correct. <laughs> I, and, I, and that's, that's fair. But it, it, I think Nevada, Devontae Adams is good enough that he's going to exceed wherever he goes uh, there may be like a small bump back. The numbers may not be great to start the season, and and this may be actually a, a player for me in my mind. I'd rather buy low on if I'm a contending team and I need that wide receiver help or something. And the season starts and it looks like uh, maybe he's starting off slow. Like you know, Waller's still getting that love, and Renfro's still getting that love, and Adams is you know not finding the end zone those first couple of weeks. I may try to buy on somebody's pain. Uh, that that they're you know they had the high expectations coming into the season. Always reunited with his college quarterback, and this is where he wants to be. 
so he's happier now and you know I, I may take all that into consideration and if somebody was you know ready to move off of him after a couple bad games or down games I, I'd probably be willing to try to pay them but it's just so hard to put a value on somebody at Devontae Adams' point in his career but I, I think if I was a Devontae Adams owner and I wasn't like for sure that I'm contending for a title this year in my league that I would probably at least field offers Absolutely, and, and Adams is a guy that I'm not selling for, like you said, anything less than a, a CEH and a CD Lamb. I'm getting top dollar for this guy. This guy has finished as the wide receiver one and two the last two years. There's no way you can sell low on him. I understand he's going to a new system, but you're going to find somebody that's willing to pay that price for Devontae Adams in your league if you put him out there. Nine times out of ten, you will. This guy, is it, it, he is elite but can he, can he sustain complete elite one, two, three, four, five wide receiver status in in Las Vegas? I I don't know, and, and and that's a guy that I he's turning thirty this year, and we talk about that age that age barrier that you know when they start their decline, and and you'd hate to be holding him this year, and he slowly starts to decline and finishes as wide receiver seven. Obviously, it's not a de- decline, but then the following year, you're like, well, he finished top 10. I'm going to hold him again. Next thing you know, at age 31, he finishes as wide receiver 14, and then he's just slowly declining. This is the time where you are going to find somebody that's willing to pay that price for Devontae Adams. You can find yourself the youth as your move to Devontae Adams, I think. Yeah, and it, and it goes back to what something we both kind of agreed upon earlier is that it's it's better to sell a player – a year too soon in dynasty than it is a year too late. And it may be one of those situations where you trade him and you have instant sellers remorse. You're like, man, I should not have done that. But again, in a dynasty league, you got to wait and see where that, because let's say the chemistry blows up again this year in Vegas and it's like they're reunited and never missed a beat. And Devontae Adams is a top five wide receiver. If you sell him this offseason, you're going to be disappointed in that, regardless of what you get back, unless you happen to get one of those four names that would finish in front of him, with him being the wide receiver five. Um, but if you do sell him and he finishes that high, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have some regrets. But it's not necessarily about that. It's about what you got for him, and let's see where Devontae Adams is in two years versus what I got. Where is that in two years? So again, it, it's better to sell that for you know sell early because I'd much rather take a gamble on CEH and CD Lamb in two years than say, you know, if I hold Devontae Adams in two years, like you said, maybe he falls out of the top 20 even after two more seasons. And now you're sitting there looking at a guy who he's great in the past, but now his value is only a second round rookie pick. And now I can't sell him because I'm not willing to let Devontae Adams go for a second round pick. Prime example, Julio Jones, right? Uh, you know, Julio, I mean, he had more of an injury uh, history than Devontae Adams did, but his last full year in Atlanta, there's not many people in, in your in your dynasty leagues that wouldn't have tried to trade for him had you made him available. And if you sold him at that point, you were probably extremely happy after you watched him go to Indianapolis and, or not, um, I'm sorry, not Indianapolis, Tennessee, and fall on his face and then now not have a job. So, Again, do you want to be stuck with Devontae Adams on that similar situation, or would you rather get rid of him a season early, get some value back from him, and see where where the cards lie in two years? Absolutely, absolutely. I see what you did. You wanted to put that plug out there trying to get Julio into Indy back with Matt Ryan, right? I, I'd like to see it for a year, yeah, sure. <laughs> 
So I'm going to jump into the tight end as we start to wrap this up here. I'm going to talk about this tight end here. This guy, first off, he's finished the season twice on the IR. He's going into his fourth year in Detroit. I'm talking about TJ Hawkinson. The man is 24 years old. He's still a young guy. The only full season he played this so far in three seasons. Now, mind you, he's going into his fourth year, so he only has two more years left in Detroit. They did exercise his fifth-year option. Uh, they did that about a month ago. But so 2020, he finished as the tight end five with 101 targets. Last year, played 12 games. Uh, tight end 15. Rookie year, played 12 games. Tight end 32. This guy here is going in. To his, his fourth year, he's got Jared Goff at the helm still. Now, he is a young tight end, young tight ends. This guy, I don't know if he'll ever crack the top five end again. Top five tight end again because he does have the extreme injury history. Uh, like I said, he's finished twice on the IR. Um, and you're getting the addition of uh, what, Jamison Williams is coming in. I know he's going to miss the first few games probably. It sounds like he's trying to get out there week one, but I don't see Detroit rushing him. The return of DeAndre Swift. They added DJ Charkin and free agency. The small emergence of Amaron St. Brown. There are so many mouths to feed in this offense. And can you find that much consistency in an offense that is led by Jared Goff? TJ Hawkinson is a guy that a lot of people are wanting but he's, in my mind, he's, he's a headache at tight end, and I understand most tight ends are going to give everybody a headache. There's not, you only have your very select few that are consistent. And I, I just don't see TJ Hawkinson, how he can be a consistent top five tight end when he when he's missing six, six plus, or five plus games every year. So for 2020 with Jared Goff at the helm, he's already missed like I said, he missed five games with Jared Goff last year, and I believe I could be wrong. I'd have to go back. I believe he missed a lot of minicamp last year, too, with him. So he's, he's yet to have a chance to really build chemistry with him. Um, so I just I – don't, I don't know how that offense is going to consistently put up enough numbers for all these players. And, I, and Detroit has already shown that they're going after kneecaps. Like, they're going to try to spread that ball out on, on offense. They're going to want to control the line. Um, I just I, I just don't see the consistency, and that's a name that a lot of people are going to go after if you put T.J. Hawkinson out there on the board. And I think you can get a lot in return for him. And, and I mean, they were 19th, so they're in the middle in in in, uh, in plays per game. Um, let's see, pass plays. Detroit was 15th, right there in the middle too, in pass plays per game. And I mean, throwing 34 times, you divide that by, you know. The, the the wide receivers they got you're looking at maybe six to six to eight targets a game for for all the players and and I, I just see them as, as, as spreading that ball out a lot I don't see how he can finish this tight end tight end five um, now like I said it was 101 targets and six touchdowns that got him to tight end five in 2020 he had four touchdowns last year finished his 15th that was with 84 targets in 12 games now we did see DeAndre Swift go down we saw Jamal Williams banged up quite a bit um and they lost, um, who was the wideout that went down that Amaron? That's why St. Brown took over. Because uh, he, he did not start as the number one. I don't know. 
but they had a bunch of they, injuries. They added somebody last year in free agency that I was kind of excited about, and that's who you're talking about, and I'm drawing a complete blank because they were so irrelevant. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Brent, this is another one that I, I really actually kind of agree with you. Uh, I had the opportunity to, to, to try to trade for TJ Hawkinson in a dynasty this year uh, and thankfully was able to, to get Kyle Pitts for around the same price that I was quoted for TJ Hawkinson. Um, and so thankfully I don't I don't have to own stake in the Detroit Lions offense, which I think is going to be very good this year. I just don't know which part of it to invest <laughs> in. You know, you talk about DJ Chark. Uh, DJ Chark's been that, that guy before in Jacksonville, right? He's, he's had that year where he was really good. Um, Jamison Williams is going to come in, and at some point he's going to be the number one. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, like you alluded to, came onto the scene pretty strong at the end of the season there. Developing and, great chemistry. You know, yes. And I, I, Jared Goff has been a quarterback in the past that has substantiated, you know, some some value with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup, and I, I think you could see two fantasy relevant players coming out of Detroit, but for pass catching anyway. But I, I tend, if I had to put money on it or had, had to bet my life on it, I would think it would be, you know, Jamison Williams and DeAndre Swift would probably be the two biggest beneficiaries from the Jared Goff uh, passing. Uh, and I think in order to see T.J. Hawkinson become a top five tight end again, one, you'd have to see the position uh, kind of waver. I mean, you had the emergence of Dalton Schultz, you got Kyle Pitts, you still got Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews. I mean, it, the top five is kind of murkier now than it used to be. Uh, Darren Waller, too, for that matter, that I, I left out. Um, and it's just I don't know how I feel about T.J. Hawkinson. This is another one for me that in a trade it would be hard to value or gauge where his value should be. Or what it what it would be that I'd be willing to pay for him, or what I'd be willing to take to sell him. Um, but if I had another, like if I if I'm sitting on a, a roster where you know I have another fringe tight end, let's let's say I somehow ended up with Noah Fant and T.J. Hawkinson. If somebody's willing to to give me a good price for T.J. Hawkinson, I'd ride Noah Fant all year and take what I was able to get out of Noah Fant or out of T.J. Hawkinson. I'm sorry, but it, I, I I tend to agree with you that I think. This is another offense that it's gotten more mouths to feed in the offseason than it had last year, and they're not going to throw the ball 50 times a game. It's hard to imagine that you know more than two guys become consistent in that offense. And truth be told, T.J. Hawkinson has just as good a chance as anybody to be that guy or one of those two guys. I just I'd rather I bet against it with the other names that are in town. Absolutely, uh, Tyrell Williams. By the way. Detroit Lions, yes. that was added. Yes, yes, I, <laughs> yes. He is no longer on a roster. Um, but, yeah, I just I just, I don't see it. And like you said, but you look at your tight ends, and what, where are you going to find consistency? You're going to find it out of Kelsey. Kittle normally when he plays, but that's a, that's another murky area right now with Trey Lance coming it in. Is. But that's, a guy that, that's another guy that you're not – as when he is on the field, as consistent as he is, and his his yak ability is is beyond belief. Um, so that's another guy you just can't get rid of. Mark Andrews emergence. Um, I think you're going to see Waller back in the top five because I think his targets are going to go. I, th- I think I don't I don't think his targets are going up, but the consistency of how much he can catch it and how open he's going to be, I think he's going to have. I think he'll be able to sustain tight ends. But like you said, to get into the top five, it doesn't take a whole lot. To get into the top three, it takes a bunch. You got Kyle Pitts. Let me just take this over for a minute and go with my tight end since we both just mentioned him. 
the tight end I'm I'm selling this season is is Darren Waller um, for for a lot of the same reason we talked about when we talked about Devontae Adams. Absolutely, you know Hunter Renfro's in town. Devontae Adams is now coming in, and and there's no way in my mind. Now, granted, there's not a whole bunch of vacated targets in Las Vegas. Okay, Brian Edwards got traded to the Falcons this off season. Not a whole lot of vacated targets there. The Henry Rugg story is sad as it is. Not a whole lot of vacated targets there. There's going to have to be made up targets for Devontae Adams. And how do you make those targets up? Well, you cut it back on Hunter Renfro, you cut back on Darren Waller, and then you just pass the ball more. Um, and yes, I, 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 I see the value in what you're saying of he should be more open when he gets the ball. But Darren Waller's a guy that if you if you look at his career, um, he, he's been a you know we're we're talking the two years that he's finished as a tight end or top top five tight end. He had in 2019 he finished as tight end three in PPR. 2020 he was tight end two. The targets are astronomical. You're talking 117 targets and 146 targets. There is no way, no way in my mind that Darren Waller finishes the season with more than 95-ish targets, in my opinion, because he's Darren Waller was the one. He is no longer the one in that offense. And so the one, which is Devontae Adams, is going to demand the, the high-volume targets. I do think you could see Darren Waller have an uptick in touchdowns. I don't think, you know, double-digit double digit touchdowns is out of the question for him just because when you get down to the red zone, Devontae Adams should be, like, super covered. But Hunter Renfro, with the exception of maybe Adam Thielen, is one of the best route runners near the goal line and always finds a way to be open. And Derek Carr knows that as well. I, I think... Darren Waller is a guy that he's he's 29 years of age, uh, and if you take out his two years as a number tight end three and tight end two, his best finish ever outside of those two years was last year at, at tight end 17. You've got tight end 84 back in 2018, tight end 59 in 2016, and tight end 99 in 2015 his rookie year. So. Is Darren Waller just the product of nobody else in Vegas those two years and really excelling, or is he for real? I don't know. I, I just I tend to think at 29 years of age, he's established himself to have value in leagues, and this is another situation where, hey, if you want to give me Darren Waller's value where he's valued at right now, I will let you be the one to take a gamble on owning that offense. Very similar to what I said with Devontae Adams. If you're going to give me Devontae Adams' value plus some or right around it, I'm probably taking it. With Darren Waller, I'm 100% taking it. Just because, like you said, the position is murky. Uh, and that I, you, you, this is the one position, really, that you can get by with streaming a tight end if you happen to guess right on, on the week. And when you talk about streaming options, you got Albert o, o and Denver, who could be something. You know, you've got uh, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith. Uh, you've got, you know, there's just tons of names out there. It's a position that you Joku. can take a dark throw. You got Joku who got paid. You've got Tyler Higby. I mean, there's names. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, and so this is a position that I'm willing to punt on and, and take those weekly shots at different players to see where they hit and where they don't hit. Um, and if, and if you're going to give me something that benefits my team to move Darren Waller, I'm doing it. 
you know, ten times, like I said, I, I'm in a, uh, two dynasty leagues, and it, one and they're they're very vastly different. One league I contend for, I'm contending for a title, and the other league I'm probably going to finish with the worst record. But I'm, I took this team over this offseason. It was an orphan dynasty team. Uh, I took it over, and Darren Waller was really my biggest name piece on that roster. And I was able, I, you know, I took some other things with it, but I was able to get. Kyle Pitts in a trade using Darren Waller in a dynasty league. If somebody's willing to entertain that, how do you hesitate? You can't. So I, I just think Darren Waller's at the at the age and the inconsistency of his total career, and then the input of Devonte Adams is enough for me to say, please, somebody else take this 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 uh, gamble and let me move on and and build my team up in other spots. Absolutely, I 100% agree with this on Darren Waller. Um, once again, he'll be turning 30 this year, and he is yep. zero dead cap if cut at the end of the season. Yep. So and and so that those things are enough for me to say let somebody else take that. Yeah, headache, and, so. and, and four days ago, it came out. Uh, it came out on uh, Sleeper News that he's not focused on contracts talks. If he has another down year like he did this 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 past year where he missed how many games did he miss? I just had that up. Five or yeah, five. Yeah, he missed five six games. games last year. Six games last year. Yeah, he missed, oh yeah, six games last year. I just, I just don't injury talks. I mean, let's 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 go back. Uh, missed six games last year. He played a full season in 2020, 2019. Once again, you said he was about the only product there. He missed 12 games in 2018. He missed the entire 2017 season, and I believe he was was he suspended 2017. That could be right, yeah, because I think he used to have an alcohol and drug problem, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and then then he missed he missed four games in 2016. He missed ten games his rookie year, and I mean this guy he just constantly is missing games. Why 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 would you not take the dead cap if he constantly is continuously missing games? Um, so I mean seven years in the league and you've played a full season twice. So I mean, and when he plays, the the numbers are there when he plays. I don't disagree, but yeah. I just. He's not getting 100 targets this year unless no. something happens where either Hunter Winfrey or Devontae Adams miss half the season. It's not happening. Absolutely not. So, um, yeah, I absolutely agree. And, and, and that's another name. I mean, because of how good he was in 2020 and 2019, that's another name that you're going to see people willing to pay, overpay for. Um, and you said it perfectly. I mean, he saw 93 targets last year. And I'm using last year because, you know, it's the most recent year. Yes, he did miss six games. He saw 93 targets. He only caught 55 of them. So they weren't even very productive targets. Um, and like you said, I, I don't see him getting more than 80 targets. So you're losing 13 targets that he had in 11 games right there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, because you got to think of how much they're going to want. And like I said, they, they – they were top. They were they were top ten in rushing rushing uh, plays per game. I believe is what I said when we talked about that earlier. Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, they they want to rush the ball. Um, they got a new offense coming in. So I mean, new head coach and Josh McDaniel. We don't even know what 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 he really going to want to do with this tight end. I understand he had Gronk all those years in in New England, but it, this is every, everything is everything is trending downwards for Darren Waller, and I absolutely agree you'll find somebody that's going to want to pay for him because a lot of people don't want the headache of streaming the tight end position. I've done it every, almost every year in redrafts. I did it 
quite a bit last year before I finally settled down with Dallas Goddard in, um, in our dynasty. Uh, tight end is one of those positions that if you don't get one of the top three, four guys, it's almost worth streaming. Because it, so I mean I would I would definitely get the price that you're going to get and I I don't think you're going to get a first rounder out of Darren Waller but a mid mid to late second rounder and maybe a, a, a flex start player um, it, it isn't out of the realm of, of of conversation I mean what you said you traded Waller what did you get for Waller uh, I can go back and tell you the exact trade and again it's it's different because it's not it's not the same league as as you know, everybody else's and there's different personalities and different, but the trade itself was, um, uh, I gave up Kyle Pitts in a 2022 second round, or I'm sorry, I got Kyle Pitts in a 2022 second round. I gave up Darren Waller, Juju and Daryl Mooney. So, I mean, I did give up a little bit on my end too, but I got back sustainability at the tight end position for years to come. And a, and a pick and a, and a, and a second-round rookie pick. I, I do want to say, though, I think name recognition is real. Uh, and if you're not in a league where all 10 guys pay attention to everything in the offseason, pay attention to everything, you know, as far as trends and, and, and uh, you know, just know the game of football really well. If you're in a semi-competitive league or a relaxed league, Excuse me. You're going to get somebody who's willing to pay name recognition value on Darren Waller. So I think a first round pick is not completely out of play to the right pl- to the right person. You know, uh, I-, I think in a, if you're in a super competitive league where guys are saying, "Oh, wait a minute, Devonte Adams was added. Devonte Adams is going to demand targets." You know, Waller had a bad year. He can't stay healthy. Just two years of being really good. Uh, maybe not. Yeah, then maybe it's. It, I- I- I'd still say it's an early second round pick. Uh, but it, it, it's not out of the realm to say that, you know, maybe your best offer offer is like a mid second round pick and, and whoever their tight end is. Maybe it's, maybe it's something as, as silly as like, a, you know, the two Oh five and a rookie draft and Hunter Henry or Johnny Smith. I, I, I still tend to think those are something I'm going to look at, but if that's the best offer I get, I may say, you know what, let me, let me take the gamble. Cause I'm not giving Darren Waller away for free. Right. But that's that. I mean, if somebody gives me a first round pick for for Darren Waller with his age, the addition of of Devonte Adams, uh, I, I probably tend to not hesitate on that as well. Absolutely, one hundred percent agree. Um, guys, I want I want to say uh, thanks for sticking with us. We know we're out a little late this week. Uh, like like we said, it's been a crazy week. Uh, thanks for sticking with us on our little bit longer episode too. Uh, even during our busy time, we were able to get some uh, names in there and talk about them. Um, uh, I, I believe we're going to try to get a um, dynasty startup mock in here shortly. Um, um, what else, what else are we looking forward to doing during this off season? Oh, we'll we'll break down you know each division with their with their fantasy relevant players based on dynasty. Uh, we'll put out our dynasty rankings at some point. Um, we'll, we'll, you know, probably, I know some leagues will have already done rookie, rookie drafts, but we'll probably put out a rookie mock draft for those leagues that haven't done them yet. Um, you know, there's going to be plenty, plenty of things to talk about. You know, we still got some big name free agents that haven't signed yet, you know, an OBJ and Will Fuller and, and things. So, so there's still plenty to talk about. We'll, we'll definitely keep coming at you guys with, uh, 
uh, fresh episodes and fresh topics. We won't continue to go over the same thing. You're not gonna not gonna see us do, you know, ten ten episodes before the season starts on on the Dynasty startup drafts. Okay, so we'll definitely we'll put out some fresh content each week and, and try to make it as entertaining as possible. As always, and also, guys, don't hesitate to go check out Seth's podcast on defensive dynasty defensive players, IDP leagues. Those things are starting to fire up everywhere. Those things are starting to become more and more um, common. Um, and Seth does a great job of breaking them down. Don't hesitate. Check those out on the Fantasy Holics uh, podcast page. And as always, guys, thanks for tuning in with us. Thanks for listening to us. Um, and if you want to hear us break something down, like you said, we got plenty of time before the season. If you want to hear us talk about something, hit us up with a message on the uh, Fantasy Holics page. Hit us up with a comment on our post. Hit us up on our uh, our own Fat Boys Dynasty podcast page. Um, you know, don't don't hesitate to hit us up. We, we'd love to interact with you guys and, and and talk about what you guys want to hear. Absolutely, absolutely. Have a good night, guys. <laughs>